A reading from the book of the prophet Jonah. Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry that God did not carry out the evil he threatened against Nineveh. He prayed, I beseech you, Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? This is why I fled at first to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger, rich in clemency, loath to punish. And now, Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord asked, have you reason to be angry? Jonah then left the city for a place to the east of it, where he built himself a hut and waited under it in the shade to see what would happen to the city. And when the Lord God provided a gourd plant that grew up over Jonah's head, giving shade that relieved him of any discomfort, Jonah was very happy over the plant. But the next morning at dawn, God sent a worm that attacked the plant so that it withered. And when the sun arose, God sent a burning east wind, and the sun beat upon Jonah's head till he became faint. Then Jonah asked for death, saying, I would be better off dead than alive. But God said to Jonah, have you reason to be angry over the plant? I have reason to be angry, Jonah answered, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned over the plant, which cost you no labor and which you did not raise. It came up in one night, and in one night it perished. And should I not be concerned over Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who cannot distinguish their right hand from their left, not to mention the many cattle? Verbum Domini. Lord, you are merciful and gracious. Have mercy on me, O Lord, for to you I call all the day. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in kindness to all who call upon you. Hearken, O Lord, to my prayer and attend to the sound of my pleading. All the nations you have made shall come and worship you, O Lord, and glorify your name. For you are great and you do wondrous deeds. You alone are God.
Dominus vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii secundum Ioannem. After Jesus had revealed himself to his disciples and eaten breakfast with them, he said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Verbum Domini. A shepherd, a good shepherd, a true shepherd, is one who lives with the sheep and makes them a part of this life. The shepherd is the actual owner of the sheep. The relationship between the shepherd and the sheep is intimate in that the shepherd names all the sheep. He calls them by name, and they come at the sound of his voice. He knows each sheep by sight. The sheep respond to the shepherd's voice. He is the sum of their world. At night, they are in their pen, guarded by the shepherd. But in the day, the shepherd leads them to water and to pasture land. And throughout the day, the shepherd continues to guard them, then leads them to safety back to the night. Pope St. John XXIII, whose memorial we celebrate today, stated succinctly in his encyclical Grata Recordatio the beauty of the successors to the chair of Peter as the shepherds who guide the Catholic Christian flock. He stated one pope bequeathed, as it were, to another pope as a sacred legacy, the care of the whole Christian flock. With the same pastoral concern, each of them declared his paternal love for all mankind. Pope John was recognizing the legacy bequeathed to him by his predecessor, Pope Pius XII, as well as his embracement of care for the church, a leader's care, a shepherd's embrace for the spiritual welfare of those entrusted to his care. But it is also recognition that the preeminent shepherd, the good shepherd, is Jesus Christ, who leads us, who teaches us, who guides us, and who laid down his life for his sheep. 
The popes from the time Peter was appointed the head of the church by Jesus are charged with the responsibility to take up and emulate the mantle of the Good Shepherd. This responsibility is emphasized in a reading from the prophet Ezekiel, where God as the shepherd manifests a governance for the common good that avoids the earthly tendency of kings and rulers to be self-indulgent and self-serving and will be fully and attentively concerned for the vulnerable flock called humankind. And in Psalm 23, it carries the same theme, that recognition of God, the Good Shepherd, graces us to rest within the comfort of his almighty power and benevolence. As the Lord is our shepherd, we shall want for nothing. Though the world may seem crashing down around us, especially, especially with the current tumultuous and terrible situation in the Middle East, where so many are suffering, we have nothing in this world to fear if we believe, if we embrace that God is at our side. Our reading from St. John's Gospel, we join Jesus and his disciples where Jesus reveals himself for the third time after his resurrection. He has prepared a breakfast of fish and bread for his disciples to enjoy. And after breakfast, Jesus queries Peter three times on his depth of love for him, which can be viewed as Peter's rehabilitation following his threefold denial of Christ, but also through the instruction of tend my sheep, feed my lambs, and my sheep. It is commissioning Peter to continue the mission of Jesus by granting Peter the jurisdiction to be the supreme shepherd and ruler, the first pope over the entire flock, that is the church. In that vein, all successors to the chair of Peter have assumed the same mantle of responsibility to shepherd the church, as did Pope St. John XXIII, whose memorial we do celebrate today. Although his reign as Supreme Pontiff was brief, from October 1958 to June 1963, a little less than five years, Pope St. John was beloved for his pastoral care. Now, usually we celebrate memorials of the saints on the day they were born into eternal life. But Pope St. John's memorial was recognized today since he convened the Second Vatican Council, which opened on October 11th, 1962. His gentle demeanor and his love for humanity at all levels, from the most humble to the most exalted, was beloved and viewed as a reflection of God's goodness manifested on earth. He was known as the Good Pope, and as such, the Good Shepherd. St. John Paul II, who beatified Pope John in September 2000, provided a wonderful summary of the saint by stating, everyone remembers the image of Pope John's smiling face and two outstretched arms embracing the whole world. How many people were won over by his simplicity of heart? The breath of newness he brought certainly 
did not concern doctrine, but rather, rather the way to explain it. His style of speaking and acting was new, as was his friendly approach to ordinary people and to the powerful of the world. It was in this spirit that he called the Second Vatican Ecumenical Council, thereby turning a new page in the church's history. The council was a truly prophetic insight of this elderly pontiff. <clears throat> Convening the council, known as Vatican II in October 1962, is considered the most profound point of Pope John's reign as pontiff. As early as January 1959, he announced the intent to call a council to consider ways to renew the church in a modern world, promote diversity within the unity of the church, and consider reforms promoted by ecumenical and liturgical movements. It was a searching self-examination of the church and a renewal of it for a modern world. The Pope's opening address to the Council on October 11, 1962, was a call to avoid viewing the world in chaotic ruins, but to consider a new age of evangelization, a new age of evangelization dawning for the church, avoiding condemnation of the ill suffered by the church and society with the grasping of a great opportunity for a new pastorally oriented view of the church's teaching and teaching authority in the modern world. At the convention or convening of the council, Pope John Paul, Pope St. John, stated the new day is dawning on the church, bathing her in radiant splendor. It is yet the dawn, but the sun in its rising has already set our hearts aglow. All around is the fragrance of holiness and joy. Yet there are stars to be seen in this temple, enhancing its magnificence with their brightness. The Council did not change the Church's fundamental course within human history, but it refreshed it, refreshed it with the renewal of the Church's impact and participation within the modern world. Now, there were other notable achievements of Pope St. John XXIII, such as promoting social reforms for the poor and the marginalized of societies and nearly doubling the number of cardinals at that time. During World War II, he saved the lives of many Jews fleeing the Holocaust, providing them with transient visas and other vital paperwork which allowed them to leave Europe and thus save themselves and their families. And not as well known, he played a key though subtle role in the Cuban Missile Crisis. In October 1962, with U.S. and Russia teetering on the brink of nuclear war, with Russia's buildup of missile sites in Cuba, Pope John expounded and prayed fervently to bring both countries back from the edge, urging President Kennedy and Russian leader Nikita Khrushchev to exercise restraint. And during a message broadcast on Vatican Radio, which is reputed to have been taken place at the request of President Kennedy at the height of the crisis, the pontiff pleaded, we beg heads of state not to remain deaf to the cry of humanity, peace, peace. Certainly that same cry 
could and should be heard today. And after that crisis, after the Cuban Missile Crisis months later, John XXIII published the encyclical Pasem in Terras, Peace on Earth, addressed to all men of goodwill and calling on the world's populations to coexist in harmony. And as all our good shepherds profess the devotion to the Blessed Virgin, the mother of our Lord Jesus Christ, no less was true of Pope St. John XXIII. In his brief encyclical, Grata Recordatio, the Pope affirmed his devotion to Mary and acknowledged his predecessor, Pope Pius XII, by quoting Pope Pius from one of his encyclicals, turn in spirit with ever greater confidence to the Virgin Mother of God, the constant refuge of Christians in adversity, since she has been made a source of salvation for the human race. Meek and gentle, humble of heart, but full of courage and conviction, we trust in all things for our Lord Jesus Christ. We celebrate today Pope St. John XXIII's memorial as the 261st Vicar of Christ. He was the good Pope, the good shepherd, who conveyed and guided all to be not only the sheep and lambs of Christ, but in our own way to be shepherds of the faith. He reminds us that all of us have a calling of some sort where we are given charge of at least one other soul in the kingdom, maybe as a visiting teacher, a home teacher, a classroom teacher, or head of a quorum or program, or head of the family. We may even just be head of the activity committee or something other that we may be considered minor, but to the Lord, when it comes to the welfare of his children, all of us, his sheep, nothing, nothing is minor. The Lord expects us to be binding up the wounded hearts, seeking for the lost souls, feeding those in our charge with love, with correct doctrine, and with care. He expects us to protect those for whom we have been given charge from those who would harm them. This means we need to get to know each person very well, each person within our care, each person within our family, those in our assigned responsibilities, and become their most ardent defenders, to become their patrons, their caretakers, their leaders. Being a shepherd, it's a position of responsibility. The Lord will hold each of us responsible for the exercise of our duties in caring for his sheep. These sheep may be our brothers and sisters, but the Lord has called us to be watchful over each other. Getting back to our God is a family effort, a community effort, a church-wide effort, and none of us can do this alone. We need each other. We need to defend each other, to protect each other, to feed each other, to strengthen each other. This is what makes us true shepherds. This is what makes us true Christians, Catholic Christians. So my friends, as we ponder all that Pope St. John XXIII 
was for the church and the world in his magnificent capacity as our spiritual shepherd. Let us proclaim Pope St. John XXIII. Pray for us.